0: Uh, I wasn't expecting to be up here, so buckle up. Let's see how this goes. I've never had more than a couple of weeks to put a sermon together before. I've always taken a lot of time and practice with it, and this will be my first one where I wrote it literally just a few hours ago. But I do feel, you know, I've asked people to pray for me, and I do feel that God gave us a good message to listen to today, and I'm thankful to be here to speak about joy today because I was able to experience a lot of joy here on Friday night. Let me show you here if this works. We had kind of a, a good time on Friday night here with a lot of joy for the kids. I wanted to share some pictures because we had a, we made a joyful no- noise to the Lord on Friday for our dance party. And we have some pictures. I'd like to show you how much, time, how much joy was in this building. It doesn't seem to be working, so Brennan's going to have to run it for me. And you can kind of see, uh, we got Walter there uh, doing a little, uh, you know, teaching how to do the Saturday night fever dance. And we got, uh, keep going through the pictures, please. Oh, we had country line dancing that went over real well. All the kids, we had a lot of yeehaws going. You see the kids with all the disco lights and everything. There's where we were country line dancing. And we had our king and queen of the dance party, one of which is here today. Cade won the king of the dance party. <laughs> And we had Miss Haley as the queen. We had a rock and roll show. The kids got to join us a little bit. And then, you know, there you see our our famous rock and roll band that flew in all the way from England to put on a show for us. Now, there's rumors going around that they didn't actually sing the songs. Kids were saying that. But, uh, you know, they're fighting that in court with the the law offices of Millie and Vanilli. So I think I might have dated myself a little bit with that. But we had a good time. And there was a lot of joy, which is what God wants. You know, He stated throughout so many times in the Bible how He wanted joy for us. And He told us in all the books leading up to the New Testament about this great gift that He was going to give us, the great gift that was coming over and over again. This great gift. You know, parents, I imagine we can kind of understand and feel what God was feeling because He had this wonderful gift. We have wonderful gifts for our kids, and it's so hard to not give it to them right away, right? We have the anticipation. We want to give it to them. We want to see the look on their faces when they get a wonderful gift from us at uh, holidays, birthdays, or any other time. But sometimes we have to hold on, right? Got to hold on and wait. And that. But we can kind of feel what God was feeling. And I, f- I think he felt that same thing. He was excited, so happy to give us this gift that we were going to receive at Christmas time. On the next slide, we'll go and read Luke 2, verses 8 through 12, and see how he announced this wonderful gift to the world. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So, here we see it in the Christmas story, which we all know, we've all heard many, many times, that the angels announce to the shepherds in the fields that they have good news. Remember that from last week? Good news, which will bring great joy. We see that God's given us a gift that brings great joy to the world, saves the world, actually. But sometimes, maybe even more so during the holiday season, I don't see great joy in a lot of people. Sometimes during the holiday season, I'll admit, I don't feel great joy myself. I'm not getting into great detail on that. I went into it last week, but busyness, commercialism, all those things kind of can suck our joy away, right? But but instead of focusing on all those things that cause us to lose our joy, we need to focus on what gives us joy. As much fun and as much joy as the kids had, every adult that was here working at it talked about how much fun they had on Friday night. We need to experience that joy on a daily basis, not from a little party, but from a relationship. We need to experience joy with Jesus. And today I wanted to talk to you, about some verses in the Bible where the greatest gift we were ever given, Jesus Christ, tells us how we should experience great joy. We're going to read John 15, 1 to 11, where Jesus is talking, and he says, I am the true, true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples as the father has loved me so I have loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love i have told you this so that you may i'm sorry i have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Here, in this, we find many points I'd like to go through. I'm going to give you just three of them today. But Jesus explains to us how we can get the joy we need in our lives. We're often looking for it. So many people use self-help, health, self-help books, and search for it all the time. Where's my joy? How do I find joy? People follow and try and find it in different ways. They maybe go after drugs. Maybe they go after broken relationships, but Jesus has the answer. Just like everything else that we face, there is one book we can always go to and find answers for it. So here we find the first point as we go through this, which is joy is found in a relationship with Jesus. That's where true joy is found. You see in those first few passages that Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener. Now, any of us who know anything about gardening, which is not me, if I try, I can't. I I buy potted plants and water them, and I'm not a gardener, apparently. They all kind of die on me. But God, he knows what gardening's about, and we know in a garden, you have to tend to it every day. Every day, a garden has to be tended to. And why is that? Well, weeds pop up. We know at our house, we have a walkway where we have some potted plants and I've put I've salted the earth, I've done all kinds of things. But if we don't spray it every day, weeds pop up throughout all the barriers I put in there. We know that we need to be that gardens need to be pruned. Sometimes they need to be watered and given love and affection, right? Maybe that's where I go wrong with flowers. I don't talk to them. Everybody said you should talk to flowers. Well, a gardener does those things. That's true. Successful gardener. So, so, what does God do in our garden? He takes care of us. Weeds pop up in our life every day. If you think about it, I'm not, could be a situation, could be an individual, could be ourselves, something in ourselves. God will tend to us every day as the gardener. It says in here that He prunes out the vines that aren't producing. Well, if you're following God and there's some bad influences in your life, he'll prune out those influences for you. He wants you to grow and be a a very, very strong member of the vine. It doesn't mean that those weeds and those things, and there's not times you don't need watering. It means that he will be the gardener to tend to the garden. Now, Jesus is the vine, and he wants us to feed and grow. You know, it's a direct relationship in a vine. I just think how on the money Jesus is with this. Think about a tomato on a vine. That's how close the relationship has to be. Without the vine, the tomato withers and dies. It's useless. That's how we are if we don't have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. We have to have the relationship. We have to be the tomato to the vine. I don't know if the people got it, but the vine, you know, it, cr- it creates the, the tomato, cares for it, grows it, does all the things that the vine needs. And that's what we need in a relationship with Jesus. We need to have that closer relationship with him in order to really, truly feel true joy. And remember that he desires that relationship more than we ever do. He's a true loving father that despite our faults and our sins and the reasons why we let him down, that never once stops loving us. Never once cuts us from the vine. The only thing that cuts us from the vine is our choices. So how do we get a close relationship like that with Jesus Christ? It's a million-dollar question, although it's an easy answer. We need to talk to him. We need to listen to him. You know, there's an old adage out there. Boys and girls, I want you to listen to me for a second as they don't look at me. (laughs) There's an old adage out there, and I try to remember it, although I don't always follow it. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. We should listen twice as much as we speak. That's the same with Jesus. We need to listen to him. And not talk. Not I mean, we need to pray to him, but we need to listen twice as much because he's going to tell us what we need to hear through some form or fashion. I know Jason could probably relate to this. I can tell you, there's so many people that we we make counsel or something, and we say, "Well, this is what this says," and it's, "Yeah, but," not listening. It's right here. I'm I'm just as bad as anybody else. I'm going through this on joy, and I'm thinking, "Why well, I'm not more joyful?" Because I'm a yeah, but guy. I need to be more a yes sir guy. All these, every year, thousands of books are written. They have tons and tons of different conferences and, and counseling. Laura could speak to it as a counselor about people who are having, in trouble with bad relationships. And just like a relationship with Jesus, the same thing. You're not listening to each other. You're not talking to each other. You're not loving each other. It's that simple. So to have a relationship with Jesus, we need to do those things, desire it in our hearts, truly desire it in our hearts, and grow a relationship so much that we're like the vine and the tomato, that we can't exist without the vine. You know, the second thing that I see in these verses on joy is that joy multiplies with Jesus. I want to bring those verses up, I think, starting in verse 4 and go through that again real quick. Remain in me as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself and must remain in the vine. Neither you, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and the words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So what's Jesus, Jesus ask, telling us here? I'm going to ask the boys and girls that they can answer me for a minute. How many, does anybody here like watermelon? Like watermelon? Dayton, what's one of the funnest things about watermelons that you spit out? The seeds of the watermelon, Right? You know, these things that grow on vines all have seeds in them, right? Now, what do the seeds, when you spit out or however they go, what do they create? New watermelons. I'm glad you didn't say a mess. I was thinking they were going to say it makes a mess. (laughs) But the seeds spit out, fall on the ground, they create new watermelons over and over again. You see, when we're in a joyous relationship with God, he wants us to be fruitful, full of joy, and to spread the word. The seeds that we develop from the vine and spread are when we share about the joy we have with Jesus to converts, people who have not heard the word. You see, we're all part of this ecosystem, so to speak, in the Bible, we're not just to get this gift, it's my gift, and I love it so much, and I pet it, and all this, and take care of it, and it's great, but I don't share it with anybody. We're to take this gift and share it with everybody, anyone you can. And how do we do that? By being joyous people. You don't ever see anybody, I guess, I'm not a morning person. I have to get up at 5 a.m. and be at work by 6 to go over. My guys can tell you I'm probably not the most joyous, I'm not really mean, but I'm not really the most joyous person in the morning. By being so, I'm not able to share the word form if they're being down. They don't want to come and talk to me any more than they have to. <laughs> i said this many times. You want to be the type of guy who's walking on the street and someone's glad to encounter you or be the type of person that the person crosses the street through heavy traffic to get away? When you're joyous, when you Feel the love that God has for you when you're part of the vine and we're connected so much that nothing can pull us apart. Other people see that. Other people want that. You can't be a down person and share the love of Jesus Christ. People be like, man, I don't want to be like him. And so many times Christians can be that way. We can be judgmental. Think we're the judge, jury, and executioner because we know this stuff. I'm a person standing up here today thankful that not all Christians are like that and that this church is not like that because I was one that was not walking a very straight and narrow path, as I've mentioned before and shared before. Yet I encountered somebody that was, I would say, a joyous person, always in a good mood that I knew of. He may not realize that or think that, but it was always when I was around him was, And he didn't judge me. He knew the problems I had. He worked with me and could tell from my language and attitude at times I wasn't a very good person. But, you know, he's in a relationship with Jesus and realized that his job is to spread the good word through the seeds that Jesus planted in him. And he invited me to come to Pineville Christian Church and didn't give up on me because it was two years after that invite before I finally took up on him. He still, he didn't push me, but he talked about it. Talked about the joyous things that was happening in his life with his family. Eventually that joy spread to me, and I said, well, I want some of that. And I'm so glad it did. You know, it was around Thanksgiving time, so not that long ago. I don't remember how many years, but it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We came to this very church and was welcomed in, and while my parents had Definitely put the seed in me of Jesus Christ and God and, and that, even though I had fallen astray from that, I must have still had a little bud of life because then I started getting watered, started getting a little attention, start getting, you know, the word, started talking to him more, listening a lot more. And thankfully, because of that, I feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe I'm not the most healthiest tomato on the vine, but I'm on the vine. And I can't imagine losing that relationship. Now I want to do the same for others of what John, who used to come here, did for me. I want to tell him, man, come on! I want to tell them, kids, did we have a good time on Friday night? Can church be fun? Don't all speak up at once. <laughs> we had a great time. I want them to know church is great, full of joy. You want a relationship. How could you not want a relationship with someone who loves you all the time? The good news of Jesus Christ, that's how we do that. We need to be joyful and show we are happy to be a Christian. People be drawn to it. There's no need to fake it. There's no need to fake joy. You should have the joy in your heart. Remember point one, there's no need to fake it. You'll have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So be joyful and ready to share that joy. It is so important. As I mentioned in the Scripture, it's so important for us to spread and keep the vine healthy. Well, the vine's always healthy, but keep the vine growing So are these other people that need it. Finally, the last point I see in here is joy is experienced through the love of Jesus. I want to bring up that last Scripture and talk about it real quick. In verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And listen to this I have told you this that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I think it's an obvious point, but one we forget so often. Joy is found in love. We know that in our own relationships, right? Maybe it's in that moment when you first met that other person. When your heart skipped a beat. and It's like, maybe this is the person. I still remember the chance encounter with my wife. Now I'd met her a couple years before. And she saw me at some of my worst times. But then we had a chance encounter at a gas station. I remember that to this day. I imagine most of you remember that chance encounter in your life. Maybe it's... Uh, when you and your mom and dad had a special day or something. That love that they have with them. I, you know, maybe you went out to a park on an autumn day and played some some games out there together as a family. Special times filled with love that you can remember still to this day that brings joy to your heart. Maybe it's when you were in that delivery room and that special gift that God gave you. excuse me, when you instantly love somebody you never met before. As you can tell me as a parent, I'm sure you as you, you remember that day? There's nothing like it. That's pure joy. That's the level of joy that God has for us and feels for us as his children. Every second of every day. How else could you explain someone that would be willing to give us the perfect gift that knew he had to be the perfect sacrifice for us. Only someone who has ultimate love could do that. Only God's son could do that for us. How can we not speak a joy with God when he loves us that much? As Oliver comes up to lead us in a closing song, I want you to remember the last verse of these lines. I have told you this so that joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. God wants us to have joy in this world. He loves us so much that he gives us everything we need. In the Advent season, we prepare prepare ourselves spiritually for the gift we are going to be celebrating, right? On this Christmas day to be filled with joy and spread it through the world. That's God's desire for us, is to be full of joy and spread it through the world. Last week, I gave you an opportunity to come up here and light candles so you can remember to spread hope through this holiday season. And we we really thought that was very a very nice gesture, and we're going to do something similar today as they lead us in the final song. This week, we have a little different. Jason came up with a great idea. We have these little bells. As they're singing the final song, I want to invite you to come up and take one of these bells and place it on your keychain. And as we're going through the busyness, the commercialism, the craziness that can be life sometimes through the holiday season, maybe you'll get your keychain out and you'll hear the bell like the bells of Christmas joy that rang out. And we'll remember that we're filled with joy in our love and relationship with Jesus Christ.